0: the weather's getting warmer so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and say hello to shorts and tees and bikinis and for anything i'm trying to update in my wardrobe i'm not trying to spend a small fortune let me tell you about quince because i just found a bikini top and bottom $50 high quality 25 for the top 25 for the bottom there is a certain australian shearling slipper that i've been looking for and i found it for $50 on quince By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost to the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Lexi for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Lexi to get free shipping and 365 day returns. are you looking for a new and healthier way to unwind let me tell you about recess mood it's infused with functional ingredients it's not just a sparkling water it has mood lifting magnesium and stress balancing adaptogens so you can relax without the alcohol or the hangover it comes in four delicious flavors strawberry rose tropical bliss blood orange and raspberry lemon think raspberry lemon's my favorite. I do like strawberry rose a lot as well. I love a fun beverage. It's nice to crack one open, pour it over ice, to unwind at home, chill on the couch, treat yourself to a night in. It's a great replacement for alcohol. It's also a way to stay balanced while on the go when you're running errands. You deserve a healthier way to unwind. So head to takearecess.com slash Lexi and get 15% off Recess Mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. hello hello everybody i'm lexi don't let the title scare you stay with me on this one all right so if you listen to last week's episode i showed up chipper gave the playlist of songs i was listening to because i fell on cloud nine i told you about travels that i was taking and now i'm back in the last few weeks i've been to london and paris and positano and naples and new york city in Warrenton, Virginia, back to Los Angeles, and I'm beat and exhausted, and the last part of my trip in Virginia was throwing an event for my mom. I so badly wanted to throw something to honor my mom to celebrate her life, and that is what I did over the weekend, and it was really intense. And now I'm on the verge of tears. I have been on and off all day, and for the past few days where I just feel completely deflated everything feels serious when I'm in a major stage of grief because grief comes in waves I lose my sense of humor there's a heaviness that enters my body and a seriousness it was really nice to get to see my family who I don't see that often also to see my mom's side of the family who I hardly have seen since her passing and to have them come up To Virginia and visit and be here and then I had four of my best friends from my childhood come from all over the country, Georgia, Los Angeles, New York, to be there. It's a core memory now like watching two of my best friends I haven't seen in too long walk through this door of the event space and I see them and I'm I'm just losing and I just start crying because you really can have a support system and such an emblem and symbol of love from someone that's not your immediate family and I think that was overwhelming me that these people are family to me and that is just out of choice that we've met and said, I love you and I'll be there for you when I am here. Oh my God. It's just really beautiful. It was it was really nice to see people and my mom loved tea. It was her little passion. She spent a small fortune at Tivana in the mall growing up with all these different kinds of earl grays and black teas that were her favorite, but also loved a fruit tea. I'll get there. I could just go on and on about this. And after she retired from being a teacher for 30 some odd years, she chose to work at Tivana in the mall. And I thought, all right, whatever, you do your thing. And to honor her, we had high tea in the plains in Virginia, and it was very nice. It was very nice. Um, Her brother and my dad and me, we gave little speeches. It's, you know what's so unfair is that it should have been about my mom and I was so consumed with myself and my living loved ones that I don't even feel that I paid my mom the respect that I should have. The event was for her. I believe that maybe what I did was selfish and I know that that's not true I know that that's not true but it did feel when I was there that I wasn't actually honoring my mom I felt like in in performance I was but it's true you do just grieve people on your own time and it doesn't happen with these calendar moments but I do want to talk about what happens if you have lost a loved one what to do on these calendar moments like their birthday or like the day of their passing or if they were a big holiday person, what you do when it's their favorite holiday. (laughs) I just really need to take a week off. I also have a bit of um, sadness towards the fact that I went on these beautiful trips and visited these beautiful places, but in the back of my head, I knew that I was going to end up in Virginia, throwing an event for my mom. And I can't help but admit that it distracted me and I couldn't fully, fully be present the way that I normally would be. And I tried. Trust me, I tried. But God, it's been a hard time. It has been very, very hard. Also, it was strange to prepare for the event because I wanted to look nice. But then I'm asking myself questions. Okay, I don't have a razor. Do I stop at the store to get razors? I ended up showing up looking glamorous and understated and elegant. Not to toot my own horn, but I do really like what I ended up wearing. I wore this. Uh, I <laughs> I <laughs> sorry. It's just a really hard thing to talk about, and I already have so much guilt surrounding me sharing some of these things with you. I'm just asking myself these questions, and they feel so frivolous. But simultaneously, I do want to look elegant and nice for my mom and for my family. I actually love what I wore at the event, so. I told everyone they don't need to wear black, dress for a tea party. However, when I was in Madrid, I found this amazing dress, having no idea that it would be perfect for this occasion, but it is a tea party dress. It has a strapless bust and it fans out in sort of a tulle skirt and it looks like a tea party dress, but it's black. So I was the daughter in mourning I did a sleek bun. I ended up shaving my legs. So that happened. I was going to wear my Miu Miu cleat heels. My cousin told me, you don't need to be edgy today. I said, I'll be edgy if I want to be edgy. She goes, wear the flats. And I said, I am going to wear the flats, but only because they look better. And that's the reality, my friends. Within these heavy moments, there's also these frivolous details. I'm back in LA now. I arrived a day and a half ago. The only thing on my mind since being back is to clean out and do a materialistic purge and get rid of things that I don't need. And I think that's because I feel so heavy that I don't want anything extra weighing me down. I know that things are serious and I won't be fun to be around. There's sort of a spectrum in feelings of seriousness. Oh, this episode's hard. This episode is hard. My God. I have so many things I want to say and they're not going to be in order and I have my notebook in front of me and when I got into the studio today, I so badly wanted to sit down and come up with an outline for this episode, but I am overflowing with emotions right now and I don't see them happening chronologically I thought it was going to be an advice episode this is not going to be an advice episode this is going to be a diary episode everyone grieves in their own way and everyone handles sensitivity in their own way and sometimes it can bring out attitude sometimes it can bring out anger sometimes it comes in through silence and not hearing from people or people not being able to show up and I'm wish I wasn't angry at people but I'm and I wish I didn't have resentments, but I do. And I'm disappointed in certain people's behavior and I am eternally grateful for others. And I don't want to point fingers, but I am. There are certain people that have done unforgivable things and I so badly want to forgive them and I'm working on that as well. And for something as sensitive as the loss of my mom to not have others be sensitive to me about that or even worse not acknowledge it it's painful it's painful and I can try as I discussed in my last episode never let them see you bleed but I inside am screaming how dare you do you not see what I'm going through because I don't want to play the victim. I'm not trying to say, like, look at me. I lost my mom as if I'm the first person in the whole world to lose their mom. That's not what I'm saying. But a little sensitivity, a little acknowledgement would be nice. To act and speak with me like it didn't happen, let's not do that. Also, to tell me to stop crying, to tell me haven't I cried enough, go fuck yourself. It's all messy and it's it doesn't need to be, but it is. And death is something that is the only inevitability that you can get through this life with is dying and it's still being so sensitive and so unfamiliar when it's the only truth. You live and you die. We all do and when it happens, we sit here surprised like how could this happen? We're just never prepared and grieving is hard and comparing your grief to your families, that's also got to be hard Where someone doesn't seem like they're grieving with it or vice versa you feel like you're grieving harder than someone who knew them better and you feel a little guilty like my god okay why am I so beat up about this I haven't spoken to them in five years why am I still so torn up about it loss of a person symbolizes something separate in addition to their specific loss if it's the first time you've lost someone that might hit you so much harder because you realized for the first time the fragility of life Maybe it was the first time you saw someone die not out of old age. Also, delayed grief, where I've grieved my mom, I think I'm all good, and then one glimmer of sun in the right direction or one certain smell that crosses my nose or one glance at a pair of shoes that she complimented me on and I'm right back in it. And it's as new as it was the day I found out. And bringing that topic to the surface over the weekend when this has happened two years ago is intense it's so intense and I'm going to be dealing with this for the rest of my life and I really thought wow you're doing so well and now I feel like wow you're doing horribly. I'm angry at myself for my own behavior I'm ashamed at the behavior of others and I wanted so badly to sit here in this episode and tell you this is what I do. I celebrate her birthday. I honor her on Mother's Day with another one of my best friends who has also lost his mom. And we do something together and I wanted to focus on that, but I'm sad and I'm angry and I'm confused and my head is blurry. I'm clouded by all of my emotions that I can't see clearly through them. I have no clarity. I have no clarity at this moment. Okay, here's a concept that I'm dealing with. There's certain behavior that is so unacceptable that I accept because it's family, and family is so sacred, but I'm getting sacred and secretive confused. And I really have certain members that I don't need to be close with but i want it so badly so i keep trying and trying and trying and it may never happen and i fear that i'm going to die trying or i'm going to hurt myself along the way emotionally it's a pain in the ass but more it's it's a broke it's a feeling of getting my heart broken again and again and again dysfunctional families apparently 85% of families are dysfunctional so same thing, I'm, I'm not alone in this number. There's most of us, only 13% of families aren't. So I also want to die in the 13th percent. For my family, I can know deep in my bones that we are a functional family with love and support and honest communication. <sighs> my breath is shaking because this is something that I feel I should never communicate about. Ever, And I'm angry because I wanted to come back, feeling a sense of peace, feeling a sense of relief, and having a bit more closure towards the loss of my mom. And I came back angry and defeated and confused, but also knowing. I'm like, why didn't I I knew better? I knew better, I don't know why I expected any differently. I'm harping on one cornerstone for the event but it's the cornerstone and then simultaneously i got to see family members I haven't in so long like i was sitting next to my cousin on my mom's side at dinner and i was watching her eat and i looked at her hands and we have the same hands i've had (laughs) very unique looking hands for my entire life where i'm like they're not the most feminine looking you know my nail beds are small my fingers are thick They're kind of long. I have big hands, big palms. (laughs) Whatever. I'm making them sound ogrely. They're somewhere... They're not that bad, but... I still have never seen another girl or woman with my hands. And I saw my cousin with my hands. And I had such a little sense of a... I don't know. It, like, tickled my heart a bit. I'm like, that's my family. That's my family. It's sweet. It's strange, and it's sweet. Also... She kind of has my mom's face, which is also strange. I I mean, and it's not strange, but it's, it's wild to see because I will, oh my God, I'm never going to see my mom's face again in person. I won't get to see how she ages, but then there's also peace in that because I'm, I, I, no one ever talks about the relief of grief or the relief of loss because now I don't have to fear her death anymore. I don't have to fear her getting dementia or Alzheimer's and having to see her wither away. So there's relief in that, but there's so much pain around the fact that I don't get to see her grow any older. Man, it's not easy. I am right in the trenches with you. And I know what I know, but there's so much that I don't. And I'm feeling weak. I wish I could sit here and tell you about my time in Paris and Positano and New York, and I can't. I don't have it in me because I'm so consumed. And after I do this, I was gonna go over to a friend's. I don't think I have it in me. I also wanna cry so badly. I'm not much of a crier, but certain in-person moments will bring it out of me. So if I see certain people, If I hear certain words, I'll start crying. But I can't just think of myself into tears normally. And I know how good it feels. And I was crying all weekend, having such relief from happy tears, tears of overwhelm, tears of frustration, tears of anger, tears of love. But there is so much relief and a release that happens when you cry. And I'm so desperate for that sensation. And I can't get it. It's like if you're just sitting here and I told you start crying and you can kind of, you know, squint your eyes and kind of make the sounds, but it's not working. That's where I'm at. I was listening to some pretty dramatic and intense songs on the way here and I was getting chills, but I wasn't getting tears. That's something that's changed as I've gotten older. I remember listening to on the radio when I was maybe in elementary or middle school, Uh, the radio host discussing different songs and artists that are able to make people feel chills from certain notes And I had never experienced that before. And certain words and certain notes now, goosebumps all over my legs instantly. And it feels really exciting. It's a new sensation that's entered my life and I like it. (sighs) What else has been going on in my life? As you can tell, I'm pretty consumed. Uh, I'm trying to deep clean. My goal this week is to check every corner of my apartment I want to clean and organize under the bathroom sink and under the bed and in the dresser drawers and in the cabinets above the fridge and inside all the purses because I found my car keys in a purse that I haven't used in a year thank god I had a spare key but I was so confused I'm like where did I lose these keys so I just know that there's little gems and Things that are <laughs> little gems, me on my like um, But I'm thinking more of like a lip liner. Uh, so I'm not purchasing things because I definitely have like four moisturizers right now and I don't need them. Because I definitely thought I didn't have razors and then when I was cleaning under my bathroom sink, I found three different razors and I just purchased another one. I've always said this to myself, my goal is not to have as little as possible it's to simply know what I have. I want to know whether or not I need to purchase more razors. I want to know if I need sunscreen for the beach. Oh wait, you have sunscreen sitting in that tote bag that's on the washing machine, and I think you also have sunscreen out on the deck from last time you were tanning. I just want to know. And I've gotten to the point where I've lost track, and I fortunately, whenever I come back from trips, I have all this PR, which is so fun, but When I already feel like I own too much and then I see boxes of more things, I'm like, whoa, I need to slow my roll. I need to say no thank you. But we have a housekeeper coming today, which is nice. And she always takes our extras. So she'll be leaving with a bunch of fun stuff today. And I'm going to go back home and continue with that. (sighs) I vlogged. That's fun. I can't sit and talk about my trips yet because, as I said, I'm all consumed and a bit of grief at the moment. But if you go onto my YouTube channel, I have my girls trip vlog up where I'm in Italy and Paris. I keep calling it Italy and Paris, but that's only because I only went to Paris and France and I went to two cities in Italy. I need to go back to Italy and explore more. I It was too short. We were in Positano for five days, four days, and Naples for a day. So When people want to talk about it, I don't have too much to say. Italy has so many places to see. I mean, even on the Amalfi Coast alone, there's all these different villages. And I went to one of them, and then I went to Naples. I was only there for maybe five days, five, six days. So there's a lot more left to explore. And then when I went to Paris, I was supposed to be there for the weekend. I think it was going to be there like Friday to Monday. And I ended up not getting there until Sunday. I had to spend the night in London. Uh, lost a day and a half of travel and only got two nights in Paris so that wasn't that was shorter than expected but it was chill and then when I went to New York I was feeling so happy to be there I really do love New York New York is too expensive for my lifestyle at the moment but it is nice to visit and I want to go back again there was a heat wave while I was there so I did spend two days hiding inside But it's fine because I got to hang out with Mazzy and John and Josh because I was staying with them and I got to see a good bit of my friends while I was there, which was sweet. And then I went down to Virginia, which is properly turning to fall. The leaves were changing. My, My home is beautiful. I mean, the view from my bedroom in Virginia is breathtaking. We have this gorgeous patio and green grass that my dad takes care of so meticulously with nothing but trees that have these changing leaves and oh it's just stunning it's really stunning I would have stayed so much longer I I'm tempted because now my car now I'm getting into semantics and details of this because I was telling my dad I want to maybe buy a cheap car to just keep in Virginia because it is a little bit of a pain having to either rely on friends or family members to give me rides everywhere, um, or share a car with my dad. This is just, you know, it would just be a nice luxury to have, so something to think about because I think then I would maybe visit a bit more if I knew I could just have, I wouldn't have to rely on him and his schedule and he could do as he pleased and I could do as I please, but he did let me use the car, which was nice, and I got to see Bentley and Lola. I spent a night with them because I hadn't seen, Bentley is my grandma's dog who I would take as my own in a heartbeat she's my bestie I don't know how long you've been listening to this podcast but summer of 2020 when we're deep in quarantine I was in New York and I didn't see my family until July 5th or 6th and I started my quarantine March 16th so I was alone in the apartment without contact with my family for quite some time my mom is still alive at this point and I finally rent a car and I drive down to Virginia and in my quarantine group, it was my mom, my dad, my cousin Morgan, my grandma Lola, and Bentley, her dog. The point is, when you're only hanging out with a few people, you really, really bond with them. So my mom and dad were my best friends and uh, it's, it's so bittersweet that after adolescence and young adulthood of just my early 20s, where my mom and I had kind of separated and had the normal teenage mother-daughter fight and angst that a lot of us know oh so well. In summer of 2020, we finally figured it out. I thought it was just the beginning. I look back on summer 2020 so fondly. My mom, my dad and I, we were swimming every afternoon. My dad and I were going on sunset bike rides every night. I was seeing Bentley all the time. I was her second mother during that summer and that's when her and I really, really bonded every errand I had because Bentley Bentley's a tiny little Maltese and she's so chill I can bring her anywhere any restaurant any store she'll behave she won't let a word out a word a sound and we would go to the thrift store together and I would just drive around like we'd get iced tea and I'd sit outside somewhere reading and she would sit on a chair just in the sun and. Uh, I was almost afraid that she was gonna forget me I thought her and Mazzy, which is John's cat were gonna forget who I am neither one did but I I missed her so anyway her and I had a sleepover because I missed her so much I will say it is hard kind of being home because I'm an only child so I don't know being in that house where it used to be my mom and dad and me and now it's just my dad and me it's sad it's it's sad I feel bad for him I feel bad for me and Yeah, it's painful, and there's so much space, and you can feel it. You can feel the emptiness, and it makes me sad. My dad's done such amazing renovations with the house, and he's transforming the bathrooms and the bedrooms, and and uh, I don't know. It still just feels so sad. But that's also me. I'm probably projecting. But Virginia... Uh, seasonally was beautiful and seeing the leaves change was nice because I'm not gonna see fall in Southern California so I'm glad that I got a taste of it And now I'm back in LA and I'm working on my space I have been rock climbing that's been fun i oh my god I didn't even talk about that in New York so one of my friends who I always go rock climbing with in LA is also in New York right now when I was there we went to a gym in Brooklyn and I had so much fun there that I went to another gym in Brooklyn a day or two later. So I went climbing twice during my week in New York and then I got back Monday afternoon and I went Monday evening and I went again yesterday on Tuesday. It's not as fun climbing alone, but I am getting a little better. I'm also hooked to climbing and bouldering videos on YouTube. If I were to open up my YouTube history, you would see like 20 tips all climbers should know. Bouldering techniques, how to climb a V3, a ton of different stuff. I can't get enough of it. That's my reward for myself. So yesterday I had to do a couple things for work. And I was like, once you send these in, you can watch a climbing video. And then I was cleaning underneath my sink. I was like, once you finish under both sinks, you can watch a climbing video. I am a child. You know how like, I don't know if you guys have ever babysat or like if you have... Little uh, little cousins or little brothers, they love trucks or trains. It feels like that, where it's just like, what are you even watching? No, but I'm learning techniques, I believe. Uh, so I'm really excited to bring those into the gym. My, my body's kind of sore. My core is sore. My back is sore. What's strange about bouldering or climbing is that it takes a lot of finger strength. So my fingers are really sore. Oh, my God. There is a chance that this has not been recording. I need to check one second. Okay, thank God it was recording. That happened to me once before. So the stats were working in my favor. It only had happened once, but there's always a chance. Ah, relieved. I also was secretly thinking, okay, well, maybe it's a sign. If it didn't record, then maybe I wasn't supposed to say any of that, and then I'll just think of a different topic, and we don't need to discuss grief or the confusion that comes with it. I think what I need to do is write in my diary or write in my journal a few different diary entries and then rip it up and throw it away in addition to speaking to my therapist. What I want to say about therapy is that I really do believe that everyone should be in therapy and everyone should try it and everyone should work through the demons that they have acquired throughout their lifetime here on earth. However, I do think it's just as important to take breaks from it. No need to beat a dead horse, to show up time and time again saying the same things, almost scratching at a healing wound. And that's coming from someone who was in therapy every week for over two years. It took me about two and a half years to really work through some things that I'd never been able to. And that's coming from someone who spent two and a half years in weekly therapy sometimes twice a week. It took me that long to really work through some things that I had never been able to on my own, and I tried. You know, I have been journaling for so long, and I had worked against internalizing my emotions and feelings, but there are some things that your support system, no matter how much they care and love for you, there is nothing like a professional, in addition to certain times in life you might need to and this is sometimes an unpopular opinion, but get on medication. I always advise talk therapy first, but if that's not enough, why would you deny yourself of something that could help you? And a lot of times, you don't even need to be on the medication very long, but I would never, ever advise someone to just get on medication without being in talk therapy. What I guess my point was is that I definitely want to be in therapy right now, but I've taken breaks to take the tools that I've learned in therapy and apply them to my life in the real world without having to rely on someone else. The self-reliance is really rewarding and just as important to have these breaks as it is to be in therapy. That being said, my psychiatrist takes a month off every year as she should. I'm like, oh my God, do we have things to talk about? Because what we're doing right now, this is public. As intimate as it is, I know damn well this is public. Alright, it's time to transition. Let's get into your questions. My Instagram handle is Lexie, L-E-X-I-E, just like the name of this podcast, and I did ask for grief-themed questions. So let's get into them, but first a word from today's sponsors. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. I was so lucky as a kid. I never had seasonal allergies. It was not something I dealt with and then something switched in my mid-20s and I started developing seasonal allergies and my allergies throw off my whole morning. So let me tell you about Astapro. It is the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. I think it's important to mention that Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays can take hours. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy noses and sneezing. I only recently learned about Astapro. I wish I knew about it sooner. If you're interested, get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to Astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Let's talk wellness, ladies. I know some of you love yourself a new wellness brand something to hop on and let me tell you about fleur Marché. they deliver simple quality and affordable wellness solutions founded by women and inspired by the female dreamers hustlers and activists on the front lines of change their mission is to help you feel 100 percent every single day with fun and easy to understand plant-powered wellness products their plant-based wellness patches deliver ingredients topically These ingredients are then absorbed into the skin and into the bloodstream. You just stick it right on your skin. They're vegan, cruelty-free, latex-free, tested for pesticides, herbicides, and other contaminants before and after production. Find your new wellness essentials at fleurmarche.com and get a special discount just for the Atlexi listeners. Get 20% off your first order site-wide with promo code LEXI at checkout. Orders over $50 get free shipping. Go to F L E U R. M-A-R-C-H-E dot com and use code Lexi for 20% off your first order. You know the week before your period. I would argue that it's worse than your actual period. I feel like I want to crawl out of my skin. I have crazy cravings. I feel down. I feel like my head's going to explode. And I think I hate myself and everything around me. And I'm on the verge of a Menti B and I do not know why. Then I start bleeding and I'm like, ah, oh, got it, for sure. Now it's easier than ever to manage PMS with Estro Control. Happy Mammoth is the company that created Hormone Harmony, as well as Estro Control, and is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means only using science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality, and it shows. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code Lexi L-E-X-I-E, at checkout. That's happymammoth, H-A-P-P-Y, M-A-M-M-O-T-H dot com. And use the code Lexi for 15% off today. First question is how to get over the loss of a friend. I had a friend take her own life and because it happened after high school and we weren't seeing each other regularly, I don't know if I've ever properly grieved her. Our mutual friend, I know Released a lot and grieved a lot harder than I did. I know that in a lot of ways I am still very much in denial about it and I'm preparing to see her again. I don't know if I processed it. Faith wants to know how have you dealt with friends who haven't reached out or checked in on you after a death? I held some resentments towards certain friends. The loss of my mom ended up ending a friendship between me and one of my best friends that was already sort of on its way out and this was just the nail in the coffin I had another friend that I even tried to sort of give ways that they could be there for me and they weren't they were busy wrapped up in their own life too busy to be there for me but when I saw them they took complete ownership for their behavior and apologized to me and we've moved on from it and i ultimately have to know that people who have never experienced a hard death oftentimes can't comprehend it let alone know how to be there for certain people people can only be there as much as they know how to be and to use your energy putting blame to people is a waste of energy and I ultimately also have discovered through this, the people that I will call in these sort of times. And not every friend needs to be there for everything. And I know the people that I call when I need that emotional support. And I know the people that I call when I want to talk about something different. Tiara wants to know, how do you reconcile with the fact that you will never speak or see your loved one again? She said that I lost my mom the same year as you and sometimes the finality smacks me in the face. Absolutely. Smacks me in the face as well. How do I reconcile with the fact that I'm never going to see or speak to my mom again? I get nervous for a second when I'm driving in the car and realize I can't picture her voice. Then I need to go listen to a video or a voicemail or a YouTube video that she's in just to remember I also hate that certain things that don't hit me Some days hit me so hard, other days the same exact thought. Sometimes will pass by, doesn't leave an impact, and then other times it can be, it can seem like a very far away thought and then hits so hard, and these are things like, I can say my mom passed of a heart attack in the middle of the night. Sometimes it just sounds like I'm reading a page that is not even associated with me or my life, and then other times I'll say my mom and then can't even finish the sentence. I do wholeheartedly believe in signs. I think death makes you mystical because that's your only option. Am I gonna sit here and believe that I have no way of speaking to her ever again? Or am I gonna choose the belief that the veil is thin and she's just in the other room? One belief brings me a little more peace and so I'm gonna lean on that one. And I communicate with her, I talk to her in the car when it was my birthday, I told her it was my birthday, and I'm 27, look at your daughter, you know? I I wish her a happy birthday, and I, I tell her I'm thinking of her, and I swear, oh my, when I am shopping and having a good shopping spree, she was there with me because my mom did not play sports, but shopping was her sport. That woman could shop professionally when oh, I used to get mad at her for her shopping because I'm like, consumerism is ruining us. And when I'm out doing a back to school shop, I can't believe I still call shopping after summer back to school, not in school. But I remember in Brooklyn, I went around to some of my favorite stores and she was, uh, there's not a doubt in my mind, she was with me. It was such a good shopping spree. Everything I was trying on just fit like a glove was prices that made sense for my wallet. It was so good, it was so good. I remember being on the train back to my apartment thinking, Mom, we did that, that was good. I know it, I know it. So how do I reconcile with it? It's tough sometimes when she feels so far away. For example, at this tea that I had for her, I didn't feel her, I didn't get a sign from her. I don't know if she was there according to my, my spidey senses of, of mysticism. But then there's other times like that shopping trip. I'm like, I just hung out with her. There's not a doubt in my mind. And that helps me reconcile. Anne wants to know, is it possible to grieve people who are alive but just aren't in your life? Absolutely. It's a bit different. It's painful in its own way when you have to grieve the loss of a relationship that you had with a person. And that person is dead to your life. And it's hard to know that they're still roaming the earth and you could call and they could call, but they're not and neither are you. And that is something that you can grieve, absolutely. It happens with breakups, friend breakups, romantic breakups, can happen with family members. It's different, but painful. Oh, this is a sweet question. I don't really know the answer. Gina wants to know the top five things my mom would be most proud of me for. Huh. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. She'd probably be proud of me for following my dreams. And she'd be proud of me for not reaching out to my ex-boyfriend, and oh, she'd be proud of me for—I don't know what she'd be proud of me for. I'm like thinking I'm like she'd be proud that Patrick and Helen Ann and Alex and Kaylee were at her tea. Those are my friends. Oh, I don't know what she'd be proud of me for. I can hope that she would be, but I don't know if I've been making her proud lately. I know that she's always proud of me, because she always made that abundantly clear. She was not a tough mom. She not. The only thing she was ever tough on me for was school attendance, which after I left school, she apologized for and told me she didn't know why she cared so much because she was more tough about attendance than she even was about grades. I feel like my dad was way tougher on that side of things, and she just really believed that I could do whatever I set my mind to and just loved to be around me and watch me do my thing. Like, oh, I remember being a kid and painting, and she would just sit there and watch. And I was like, why are you watching? Do you wanna paint or what? She's like, no, I just like watching you do it. I was like, well, go away. <laughs> Leave me alone to do my thing. You can join me or not, but you can't just sit here watching me. But she just was probably in awe of the fact that she had her daughter. We discussed this at her tea just that my mom was a type 1 diabetic and was um, diagnosed when she was two and a half so she grew up her entire life with diabetes and she wasn't supposed to make it past 25 26 years old and she definitely wasn't supposed to have kids and she finally had a kid and her kid was healthy and and I'm sure she was just kind of amazed that I even got to exist so that's probably why she was pretty easy on me because just me being alive and healthy was a blessing to have um but I do want to make her proud and I just I don't know when I'm talking about my family and things I'm like I hope that she's not well actually no (laughs) there's a couple things where she she'd be on my side she'd be like those people need to knock it off yeah her and I neither of us were that great at handling family we could get a little we we both hold grudges oh my god olivia rodrigo's new song the grudge that was the one that stuck out to me there's that lyric in it that said we both bled but the cuts were not equal i think about that all the time because i definitely have manipulative family members that can both sit and be like we're both bleeding and it's like yeah my leg has fallen off you have a paper cut but rather than communicating that we would just be like you're right we are both leading and then be pissed quietly so there is something that I need to learn about that but I don't know sometimes I like in a moment like this I do wish I could talk to her and just get a little update and hear what she's thinking about what I'm doing So I do feel a little lonely and a little independent in a way that feels aimless sometimes where I'm like is anyone watching over me like am I really just winging it I know we're all just winging it, but I don't... I sometimes wish that I had more of guardians because I'm down to my grandma and my dad, and this is a good question because I relate to this. Catherine wants to know, when and how do you tell people about your mom? I can't fight the feeling that I'm keeping a secret. I've gone on dates, and it sometimes doesn't come up. If it comes up on a first date, I let it happen. If if my mom is asked about, if my parents are asked about, my family is asked about... I say my mom passed away, my dad lives in Virginia, you know, I, I do that spiel. And I speak about it as much as I feel comfortable with it. But then sometimes if the questions aren't brought up, I do, I agree, I feel like I'm keeping a secret. Um, same thing since moving to Los Angeles, I've made some new friends and met new people that don't know. And when it comes up, and I've known them for months now, maybe a year now, and they don't know. It probably does feel like, how did you not tell me? How how did you? I don't know. I didn't. I, not to be passive aggressive and be like, you never asked, because that's not how I feel. But it's painful to bring up. And if it doesn't happen naturally, I won't say anything. But I agree. It feels like I'm keeping a secret. That's something that I'm still learning. And it's also hard because it's a painful truth. And Sometimes I'm in the mood to discuss it, and sometimes I don't feel like having a conversation around the topic, and in those cases, when someone's like, I'm so sorry, I say, thank you. We can talk about it sometime, but not, not right now, and then that's the way that I move it on, but I'm with you. I'm learning that. Fo asked, what to do if grief turns into paranoia of losing another loved one? I know that all too well when my mom passed I was in California and it was the middle of the night so my phone was on sleep or do not disturb and my phone wasn't ringing thank God if you call more than three times it starts to ring and then I check my phone in the middle of the night and I have eight missed calls so you bet that when I go to sleep at night and I put my phone on sleep I say a little prayer please don't let anyone die tonight and when I get a call when I'm not expecting a call my heart skips a beat and I answer terrified and that's something that I'm working through right now I'll wake up in the middle of the night sometimes and it feels like a premonition where I'm about to get a call and I can't go back to sleep because I was woken up for a reason and that's paranoia but it's hard to tell the difference another thing that I'm in real time working through but that's no way to live I always go back to the thought of me worrying about this is not going to stop it from happening. I can't worry something into prevention. That's not how the world works. And I have to live my life. And so I do. Nona said, not a question, but sometimes I feel ashamed of grieving for so long. My aunt just lost her husband in December. And to me, that's incredibly recent. Yes, it's September now, so it's been nine ten months and someone in her life said to another one of her loved ones when is she going to stop crying it's already been nine months that person doesn't understand there is no timeline do not feel bad about yourself they will understand when it happens to them there's no guilt there's no guilt to be had same thing if you're feeling that you shouldn't be grieving harder than other people that knew them better that are maybe over it no, none of that is useful. Guilt is not a useful emotion in this. 164 asked, how do you forgive? I think it takes strength and I feel really weak right now. And we're gonna end the episode here. I am posting on YouTube. I vlogged while I was abroad and that video is up. I also vlogged while I was in New York and I'm editing that video today. Did not vlog in Virginia. That was going to be too much and then i have learned a ton of packing and traveling tips while traveling so much this summer because i went to europe in june then i went to europe again in august and went to mexico and have been all over so i'm going to record a video on how i traveled for almost three weeks with nothing but a carry-on the different items that i have and packing tips that i have and little tips and tricks that I use just to make my life easier. So if you have any trips coming up, maybe you're traveling for the holidays, allow me to help you. I think that's all I have for you. If you like this episode, that makes me happy. If you didn't, I'm so sorry. I don't know how it's going to turn out truthfully. I tried my best. I'm proud of myself for showing up and I love you all if you made it this far. Thank you. I will talk to you again soon. XOXO Lexi.